You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. On this episode of the Heat Check, we'll cover some of the breaking news from around the league. Get right to it, William. I got to get you this document and this file for tomorrow morning, so drop that generic-ass beat that should be Rihanna. Break, we're breaking down all the biggest NBA storylines. You're tuned in to The Heat Check. The Heat Check with Trista Crick. The best podcast covering all the drama around the association. All right, the preseason is about half over. We are about... We are less than one week away from the start of the NBA season. It is time to catch up on what has been popping. So, of course, we have to start out with James Harden. James Harden. He's been sucking up the oxygen in the room, as we know. He's just he's just doing James Harden things. It's making We were wondering, even Brian Windhorst got fooled. He thought that James Harden was going to show up. Come on, Brian. You, me, we all, we know what's going on. And you think it's going to be different because why? Because James Harden showed up to some, some random media availability on some random practice day. You're outrageous. Okay. Uh, He's now deciding that he is not going to show up. And James Harden, someone wants to know why isn't he playing in any preseason games? I don't know, because James Harden has decided he's going to make things uncomfortable for the Sixers. As it turns out, there is a major sticking point in Harden's life right now. Turns out his name is, uh, it's this personal issue named Terrence Mann. Terrence fucking Mann might as well be Michael Jordan, the second coming, the way that teams are talking about him. Everybody wants him. He's holding up the whole works of the James Harden trade. So here's the deal. The Sixers leaked out to the media that if the Clippers included Terrence Mann, uh, an unprotected first-round pick and a first-round swap, matching salary, and Terrence Mann, they could, they could be the rightful owners of James Harden. They could own James Harden for the last, last year of his deal. Enter my man Lawrence Frank, probably Jerry West, Let's be real. Jerry West doesn't want James Harden. But anyway, enter Lawrence Frank, GM, executive of the LA Clippers. And he says, uh, and he's made it quite clear, that Terrence Mann is untouchable. Terrence Mann is untouchable, folks. Um, we haven't seen a player who hasn't done anything get this much hype since the Laker days of Taylor Horton Tucker. And I like... Terrence Mann, I do. And boy, oh boy, is holding on to Terrence Mann making somebody mad. And that man, that someone, is Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey is quite frustrated over it. How do you think that Daryl Morey responded? Uh, Sam Amick, not friend of show, reported, Morey expressed his disbelief and accused the Clippers, of being unserious about getting a deal done. He even quipped that they should just trade Clippers star Paul George for James Harden if they were so determined to keep all their lesser assets. 
a request that obviously was immediately denied. You guys are jokes. You guys are clown shows. You clearly don't want James Harden. You're unserious people, which I feel is the most funny way of putting people you think very lowly of. It's like you're just very, very clearly unserious. Not only that, but apparently Daryl Morey is telling Harden that he should actually be pissed at the Clippers for the deal not getting done and not him. Because listen, the deal would already be done if they would just let me have Terrence Mann. Because the Sixers apparently already have trades lined up for Terrence Mann if he comes out east. It's like, we'll get your first round pick, we'll get your swap, and we'll get Terrence Mann, and we'll probably throw in a pick of our own. And they've got someone in mind that they want. I don't know who it is. Color me Tyus Jones. I don't think he's worth that much. So you know what we have on our hands? We have a pointing Spider-Man meme on our hands, folks. That's what we have. Absolutely just despicable. We have a good old-fashioned Mexican standoff on our hands here. And why? I have no idea. I don't think the Clippers actually want James Harden. That's the only thing that I can really think of. And Harden apparently now is going to do Harden things, including now missing practices without notice and, of course, games. Ramona Shelburne writes, this is an escalation of tactics by Harden. Actually, I think she might have said this on NBA Today. She says, this is I'm not happy. And someone close to him told me that this is only the beginning of what he plans to do here. What else can he do but not show up? That's like about as bad as it gets. I don't know how much worse it could be besides like, I take ball, I don't pass ball, and I throw it to the other team. Poor Nick Nurse. Poor Nick Nurse. I knew it was not going to be good for him as soon as he got the job. He doesn't know what to do. He's having to do like, I don't know. It's like he has to pull a good old Steve Nash in the Harden days. Remember when Steve Nash had to do the same thing? He's like, I, I have no idea what's happening. I don't know what's going on with James. I don't know where I, he is. He doesn't answer my calls. He's now the second coach who has to be like, I have no idea where my player is. That's amazing. Harden is out here sharing his side of the story, which is this. When I got traded here, my whole thing is I wanted to retire a Sixer. I wanted to be here. I wanted to retire a Sixer, and they did not have that in their future plans, a.k.a. they did not want to pay me what I believe I am worth. He's not budgeting an inch, folks. He is not. He's. This is going to be so ugly. From his past actions, we know it's going to be so we, I have no idea how much more this can escalate. I am fairly convinced, though, that James Harden is more stubborn than Daryl Morey. So what is next? Apparently more shenanigans, more dominoes falling. We will leave that up to Joel Embiid, who, when asked by a reporter on Harden missing practice, he said maybe he had something else to do. <laughs> maybe, I don't know, like maybe something came up. What else, What could come up where they're not going to tell you that they're going to miss work? Even my low-level ass has to call in sick and be like, hey, I'm not coming in tomorrow. Hey, I've got something happening in New York. I'm going to miss Wednesday. That Even that is better. James was just like, didn't tell anyone, didn't call anyone, didn't leave a note, didn't leave a text, didn't leave a voicemail, didn't have his agent reach out, just decided I'm going back to Houston. It's a hookah party, baby. Little baby, me and some bitches are going to be there. 
And now today he's out for personal reasons. Again, me, little baby, some foie gras, bacon wrapped steak, and some bitches. Um, and now apparently also Joel and B might want to go to New York. There's a lot happening, a lot to catch up on with the Sixers. All I have to say is they're clearly, speaking of unserious, not a serious contender in the East. Looks like sarcasm is the order of the day in Philly until this comes to a head and either Harden gets suspended or traded or he goes to China or something happens. Uh, maybe he, they trade him to the Clippers for a back, box of basketballs. Moving forward, speaking of Embiid, his decision to play international basketball for Team USA has caused some, how shall we say it, hard feelings in France. Sacre bleu! Oh, no! Ah! Au revoir! Au revoir, Embiid! Jean-Pierre Soutat, the president of the French Basketball Federation, well, as you might imagine, pretty upset, was almost as salty as the Italian head coach of basketball when Paolo Bancaro decided to play for the U.S. instead of them. The French Federation had planned on him playing in 2022 and even got him a French passport, which is like very weird that he doesn't already have one, but hey, which is why Soutat was pissed and said this. He ghosted him. Let's be, let's just get cut to the chase. He ghosted him. We met Joel Embiid together with Boris Diaw in March of 2022, but we didn't ask for that meeting. He had shown interest in playing for France, and we, did, we helped him get French citizenship upon his request. Oh, Embiid, you sneaky devil. But we were never demanding of him. I'm just sorry that we spent so much time and energy on a file that should have never been opened. A file that never should... You mean M Joel Embiid is simply a file to you? I am sure he finds that to be funny. Here's my thoughts. Embiid is from Cameroon, which is an African country dealing with the civil war, a cultural and economic split between English and French-speaking territory that dates back to this long, long, long bullshit type of days of imperialism and everything, all of it, all the isms, right? Is Embiid turning his back on this colonial past by playing for the United States where he spent all of his adult, adult life? What, like, why are we mad at him for that? Why is this something where you're like, oh, yeah, Embiid just played us? His mind probably is also like, you have the center of the future of France. You don't need me. I am playing for the place that I grew up. And he's not playing for Cameroon because they're not competing on any level. And they also have Rudy Gobert. They have Wemenyama. They have Rudy Gobert playing center. Where does Joel Embiid actually fit on this team? Does he fit? No, he does not. The bottom line, though, is that the U.S. needs him more than they need air. Because Steve Kerr is going to need some help to compete against Serbia and Slovenia and France and Germany, they could legitimately get bounced by any of those teams. And the legacy of Steve Kerr will take a massive hit if that happens in France. Cannot wait, though, for Embiid to drop 38 points on Rudy Gobert's head. Au revoir, Rudy! Oh, sacre bleu in Paris! Uh, that is if Joel Embiid is healthy. Moving on. There's some shit popping in Memphis where... Tim McMahon 
and Baxter Holmes dropped the nuke of an expose on John Morant and this last 18 months this has been absolutely awful. And as a quick aside, if you see Baxter Holmes writing something, if he's the byline on an article about you or your team or your favorite team, you are fucked. You are so fucked. You better hightail it to witness protection because he's dug up everything. If he has written a story about you, he's been working on that story for 24 months. Because Baxter Holmes, the last time I saw Baxter Holmes in print, it was he got Robert Sarver removed as owner of the Phoenix Suns. He digs up everybody, every single piece of DNA, every phone call, everything you said to a Uber driver in passing in your second home town where you spend three months a year. He has dug it all up. Right? Like he has found every random side piece that you met on Bumble and they have, they have quotes, they have DNA, they have samples of this, that, and the other. He's all up in your business. You look at his Twitter profile, he has his telegram on his profile, he has his cell phone number in his bio. Anyone who's like, hey, hit me up if you have any information on this, that shows you he is digging at all times. Well worth the read, but the crux is that the driving force behind John Morant fucking up is, as we might have all suspected, because he's been a little too involved since the beginning, T. Morant, John Morant's dad. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The pair reported that T. Morant has been spending the entirety of his time in Memphis acting like he is... John Morant, acting like he is Usher. He is the star. Apparently, T has been hosting VIP events at parties and nightclubs with TV cameras always panning on him. This is a quote. T also confronted former NFL player Shannon Sharp at a January 20th, 2023 game in Los Angeles where he argued with Pacers players during a Grizzlies game January 29th. T's present at the spade of incidents dismayed some of the Grizzlies organization Team sources said. You fucking think? The guy is everywhere. They're panning to him like he is Usher all the time. This is just not a great look. One Grizzlies team executive is on record saying, T has been the major driving force in all of this. He never made the NBA, but this was his chance to live like he's an NBA superstar. That's been the problem from the beginning. Where is the mom? Are they together still? Because I remember seeing... Jaw and this little picket fence family when he was growing up. And where is the family at? The only problem, uh, is that the only one? No, it is almost certainly not. Uh, is it the issue? Is it the only issue? I don't know. It is absolutely bad. It is. It was a scathing report. The evidence is pretty damning. 
And uh, due to this article, the Grizzlies are already in crisis management. There's been a, an emergency players-only meeting. And keep in mind, Jaws not even playing basketball with the team yet until Christmas. This is absolutely absurd. You should read the article. I'm not going to recap every detail. But if half of what is said is true, especially the part about how Jaws been largely insubordinate to the Grizzlies organization, where they're like, hey, Jaw, you're fucking up. And he's like, yeah, fuck you. When they're like, uh, what? Yeah, I said it. I am going to the strip club with my gun. Memphis has a jaw problem. Memphis, actually, Memphis has a Morant problem. And it is going to threaten to derail the entire season before it even begins. Can you say the Draymond punch? Only way worse. We move on. God, this is supposed to be like a 10-minute update. Jesus Christ. The LA Clippers are having a rough 12 months, especially at the end of last season when a lot of their alleged front office dirty laundry got aired for everyone to see. These rumors paint the Clippers front office in the C-suite rife with dysfunction, full of shenanigans, as we know. Um, Not good. The latest news out of the Clippers front office, a Clippers employee was responsible for, get this, spreading the rumor that Taylor Swift and Austin Reeves were dating. What in the name of I don't have anything going on is this? Because there is no shot in the world that Taylor Swift, if you look at her prior boyfriends, would ever date Austin Reeves. No fucking way. There is nothing for Taylor Swift's ladder climbing ass And I mean, she's already at the top of the ladder, but when you're a ladder climber, the ladder spans to the top of the Jack Jack and the Beanstalk type of scenario. And what is she getting from that? There is no way anyone would have ever believed that. I know you're going to look at this and be like, oh, that's funny. Who cares? But let me explain something. According to Melissa Rowland at Fox Sports, Zane Fahimula, who works social media for the Clippers, was in an airport when he heard Taylor Swift had broken up with some boyfriend, like a musician or an actor or something, one of them, being a dude on the internet, he just started jumping in on the dog pile and he tweeted out a photo of of Taylor Swift and Austin Reeves with the caption, following her breakup, Taylor Swift was reportedly seen in an Arkansas bar this weekend with Star Laker basketball player Austin Reeves. Okay, yeah, that's really believable. Just like that, because people are thirsty for Taylor Swift news, why, I do not know, to the tune of 11 million likes. That, folks, is why I'm ready to just hang it up. I'm just ready to close my laptop and get into my bed. Because you have a Clippers employee spreading rumors about a rival team's player, and that got mega traction. And the worst part, is that of course he didn't do it with his own account. He did it with a burner so that it couldn't get tracked back to them. This is so LA toxic. Can you see why this is an issue? Like what's to keep this organization from say saying and sabotaging James Harden's value by organizing an online hit campaign, sending out false messages about him and little baby? False narrative like using the things that we know to be true about him and little baby to spread lies about him. As someone who's also been a subject of lies on the internet by anonymous trolls, uh, literally sent to destroy my character, my career, and probably my self-esteem, I do not find this to be funny. 
I do not find this to be, I mean, I find it to be a little funny for Austin Reeves, but not for Taylor Swift. Come on, don't, I'm not going to Arkansas and fucking Austin Reeves. No chance. You can say, oh yeah, Austin Reeves thought it was funny, but the truth is like, how do we know? How do we trust this guy and this entire organization not to do something nefarious? After all, it does not appear that anything's going to happen to him. It does not appear that it knowingly spreading a lie about a rival team's player is in any way blowing back. So yes, go ahead, troll. Do your dirty work. But the matter is, the thing, the thing that bothers me is that Clipperland says that they're better than Lakerland, and the truth is they're both fucking toxic. We got to do an update on Calvin Booth. Oh, baby. Oh, we knew it. We knew it when we said it. Okay, if you didn't listen to the last episode where we talked about this, because we were talking about the news, not just previews. Otherwise, how would we even get on this topic? Um, so Calvin Booth, GM of the Denver Nuggets, I talked about this last episode when I uh, previewed the Pacific. Last episode, I talked about it. So Calvin Booth went on record with uh, Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer, and he said some shady-ass things about his former players and his current players, one of which was Michael Porter Jr., where he called him a me guy and said that he couldn't have Bones Highland on the team because neither him or Michael Porter Jr. played defense. And to that I said, I don't know how that's going to go. I think it's going to go bad. I think you're going to realize the mic was on and the recording was on and you didn't realize that shit's going to blow back. And that is exactly what happened. And just like that, folks, we got ourselves an apology tour. Actually, more of a backpedaling tour. Let's play it. Let's see what happens. So Calvin Booth was on, uh, was, was on a broadcast and they asked him about it. Cal, before I let you go, just want to give you an opportunity to, if you want to clarify anything, because I know there was an article yesterday that, that quoted you talking about the Bones Highland trade and, and Michael Porter Jr. being involved in that. Just didn't know if you wanted to clarify anything based on some of the quotes that were out there. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh... Pause. They literally teed him up? State-sponsored TV? Hey, just wanted to give you an opportunity, because it said, you said some things about Michael Porter Jr. Just want... To let you um, set the record straight? What do you fuck you mean set the record straight? He said it. All right, keep going. Under no circumstances would I make or approve of those kind of comments for public consumption. Um, you know, it's not my character, and it's uh, as a person or an executive, and I think it's unfair characterization of Michael and Bones. I think Bones is a. Uh, great kid, has a bright future ahead of him, charismatic player in game, and, you know, obviously Michael is a core piece of our program with his character and offensive, defensive prowess. So, uh, you know, I, I think that was, uh, you know, unfair for those things to be put out there, and hopefully it doesn't happen in the future. Can you, is this, if you got to watch it, pull it up on Twitter. Awful announcing did it. Pull it up. You look in his eyes and you know he's lying. Bitch, you are lying. It is so, the tone is lying. The pace in which you're speaking is lying. The intonation lies. You're not even trying to seem outraged at all. You've not said that you didn't say it. You just said those comments were not made for personal consumption and they do not reflect how I feel about Michael Porter Jr., what do you mean? You said it. You said it to Kevin O'Connor. And now you're saying 
that you did say it, but it doesn't reflect who you are? I don't understand, dog. I actually am starting to, you know how you have those things where you question everything that you think about somebody that you thought was smart? This is maybe the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard an executive do. Welcome to the NBA. You 100% said that shit in front of a reporter who had a recording device out or a notebook and was taking notes. And now you are forever the guy who's like, mm, I did not say that. Uh, and you're the guy who tosses fucking shade at a guy who got his money after he helped you get a ring and you're like, yo, buyer beware. That is shady. And Mike Malone wanted fucking Bruce Brown back. He said, we're bringing Brucey back. And what did you do? You fucking said negative things about him when he got his money. God damn it, Calvin. Don't do it, baby. You got me all upset at midnight. For better or worse, now the league knows that you're shady too. We're moving on. We're out of here. We're not doing this. Terry Stotts. Terry Stotts. We'll just do this really quick. I'm not going to read this whole thing. Terry Stotts has left the Milwaukee Bucks organization. Why? Probably because new head coach Adrian Griffin has a power problem and he wants to assert his dominance because he's a puppy and he wants everyone to know he's a big dog. So now the coach that's been with Damian Lillard for nine years of his career, Dame was so excited to have him back in the fold. Now he's gone. He has quit. He has said, fuck you. I am out of here. That is all the time that we have for the episode of The Heat Check. Check out the feed for past episodes and mini episodes. And do not forget to download and subscribe and tell your friends. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.